0: Do you need to be a student here? No, you. Can just... No, you can... Ow! <laughs> Something just stung me. Yeah.
1: Hello, and welcome to The Stinger, part of the SB Nation of Podcasts. The Stinger is a short, quick, to the point podcast where we focus on one subject. Our subject today is the trade deadline. Trade rumors that involve the Charlotte Hornets, um, our trade aspirations, our trade dreams. I am Zachary Brown, a writer at thehive.com, and I'm joined by a colleague of mine, Chase Whitney, who is also a seventh level mage with a thousand hit points, professor <laughs> of black magic. I will never receive of a better tickets, introduction in my life and master of the vision board. How's it going, Chase?
0: Uh, I, I it's going great now that i have been and anointed with all of those uh, pre or very prestigious titles but it's it's going pretty good we only got about a week now to the trade deadline and uh, it seems as if the hornets are actually you know seem to be remotely involved in it for once and they'll last probably you know five, 4 or 5 years
1: yeah the trade deadline is march 25th and i brought chase in because chase has had a propensity to See a player out there, out there in the atmosphere, and bring them into the Charlotte Hornets. I'm not crediting you a hundred percent for Lamelo Ball, but I'm giving you like eighty-seven percent.
0: I, I don't Jordan. need a hundred. Eighty-seven is perfectly sufficient. Yeah, we'll M- give Mitch, Mitch and have thirteen exactly. There you no, go.
1: M- Mitch gets like seven percent, and then Michael Jordan probably has like five and a half points on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I think they share ownership, but unlike you, so. Chase, you wrote an article on atthehive.com, and let me tell you something, everybody should go check this website out because it is just great. You wrote an article about kind of some of the trade rumors buzzing around the Charlotte Hornets. I want them to go read the article, but give us kind of a highlight of what you touch on in the article and what interests you the most with the trade deadline coming up on March 25th.
0: So for anybody that wants to read that article, you can go at thehive.com. It's called Trade Rumor Buzz Surrounds the Hornets. It's one of our more recently published articles. I, I don't know where it will be at the time that anybody happens to listen to this. But the come main for, thing
1: – Come for the pun in the headline. Stay for the block pun that you get in the body of the story. Let me
0: just yep, exactly. I made them read down a little bit too before they got to the block pun. So I, I had to reel them in and then you finish them off at the end. There you go. But uh, I brushed over – A couple of things in that article Uh, right at the top. The first one was the Vucevic and Fournier rumors that have kind of turned into somewhat old news, even though it's still a relevant thing because both of those players are still very much available in Orlando, but they are unrealistic uh, attainable assets from the Hornets because they'd have to give up a lot for Vucevic and Fournier doesn't match salary with anyone other than Terry. And anybody listening to this podcast already knows Terry's better than Evan Fournier so the next thing we get into is Devonte Graham. Uh, there's an athletic article that was posted recently for from Sam Amick, and in that he said, in quotes, "The sense among teams is that Devonte Graham has become available on the trade market." Uh, he says that's that's basically all due to how good Lamelo and Terry and Monk have played this year, but sure. that he, yeah, and he seems to just kind of be the odd man out, but uh there is he's giving he the odd
1: man out because he's been injured for a while Exactly
0: yeah exactly I, there there yeah a lot of continuing factors that have kind of led to him being out there
1: Yeah and I want to address the Devonte Graham is available stuff kind of first I because you get this with a lot of players a lot of people are quote unquote available in mm-hmm. trade talks I mean Devonte Graham is available if Anthony Davis is on the trade market you know what I mean like that you don't know what available really means And wouldn't you be trading him kind of at his low right now because he's been injured, he's just kind of getting back into the groove of it? Do you think that Charlotte would be motivated to move him right now?
0: I think both of those things that you just said are 100% correct. And I don't think they would be really motivated to move him because of those two things. His value is definitely at the lowest it's been since he was a rookie. Because with how, how he's been hurt, he missed, I think, 10 games almost a month. And then he before that, he was struggling for probably the first month of the season and then had just started to get back to himself. So, you're not really going to get what you would have gotten for Devonte if you traded him in the offseason or something like that. So, that's why I don't think that that one's super likely to happen unless it's including him in a deal that for somebody that's going to also be around long term that would help the team, which kind of plays into the next one, which was Miles Turner. That's kind of the only guy that I could see Devontae being included in a trade for, and that's only if he's available. What do you think about that? The Miles
1: Turner contract, Miles Turner as a player, is really interesting. He is an add to any team that is looking for center play. Yes, I would give up in a in a, in a vacuum. I would give up Devontae Graham to get Miles Turner, simply because Miles Turner not only plays a position of need, but... Gets the rebounds that we're looking for. Gets the inner scoring that we're looking for on that center position. In a vacuum, I would give up Devonte Graham for that. You know, I think you're kind of selling high with Devonte Graham with Miles Turner. I don't know how you get the trade on how you get the money right. Have you have you put this through the trade m- machine? Have you seen a trade that you think works for you with Miles Turner?
0: Yeah, I mean, I basically. I don't know if this see. I don't know if this works for me necessarily because I love Devonte. It would it would be hard for me to trade him for a center. Yeah, that isn't Jonathan
1: like, Delong might fire us for yeah.
0: Screw you! You're fired. Exactly. No, exactly. I'm afraid to even yeah. say this. This might not get posted if he if he ends up <laughs> listening to it. But like, Miles My, Cern is really good. He's probably not ever going to bring you to that next level, though, to where you're like, oh, we added this guy. Now we're going to win a series. Now we're going to, you know, in two years, Miles Turner can be the third or fourth best player on our team and we will be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, I don't think he's quite that level. So I'm not really convinced that I would do it personally, but I definitely wouldn't hate it if it happened. I think it would be the money, to make the money work, it would have to be Cody Zeller, because, you know, presumably you're not trading Terry Rozier for him. And then right. any combination of Caleb or Cody Martin, Graham, or Malik Monk, who basically anything we're saying for, for Devontae Graham in terms of trade availability also applies for Monk, I think, uh, except for the part that you're selling low, you would just be selling really high on him, which in a way makes it so you'd want to trade him more, but it's also like plays into the whole thing with how they're going to extend these guys in the offseason and what they're going to do with the future of their backcourt. But it would basically have to be, I assume that they'd want to trade Graham ahead of Monk right now. And then it would be Zeller and then some sort of, first-round pick, I would imagine, would probably have to be traded to the Pacers to get that done. But I don't know if I would do that myself, but it wouldn't be something I would be overly upset at, I guess.
1: For sure. I, I think Miles Turner could be one of those assets that could help the team moving forward. I don't think any combination of Malik Monk, Devonte Graham, Cody Zeller is going to get that trade done. You're going to have to include draft capital, and I would assume you know, looking at what Drew Holiday got, uh, the Pacers would be looking for a first-round pick, if not multiple first-round picks. from up, Right. From yeah,
0: and right. That, yeah, that's the other problem, is the Hornets probably won't be able to assemble the best offer for him if he's, like, really on the market.
1: And that's what these kind of center targets—my issue with these center targets is, is that we would have to give up—I mean, for Vuk— Vukovic, which is... I'm murdering his name, and I apologize <laughs> for that. Vukovic says, we have been
0: mispronouncing your name all along. It is not Nikola. It's Nikola. It's Nikola.
1: Like, not only would you have to give up multiple players, you'd have to give up multiple uh, first-round picks, draft capital in general, and then you've got the Steve Clifford of it all, which is, Steve Clifford didn't play Malik Monk when he was in Charlotte. He's not trading for him now to play him in Orlando. Someone, a coach that is very that knows the Charlotte Hornets roster more than anyone else besides James Borrego is Steve Clifford. Even though there have been iterations in the in the thing, you know, he's played with Cody Zeller. He's played with Bismack Biyombo. He's intimately familiar with their game, and you're not going to throw him a Cody Zeller in the package for Nikola Vucevic. Gosh. <laughs> say his name. Say his name, Chase. What's I think name? it's
0: Vucevic because they call him Vuce, so I just say the Avich after that, and I think yeah, that's right. I don't
1: think Steve Clifford would be interested in kind of getting our misfit toys, our our players who don't fit but have a potential future for in that trade. Which brings us to the Cleveland Cavaliers of it all, Andre Drummond, JaVale McGee. Do you see any possible trade targets there? I know the the market is kind of cooled on Andre Drummond. Would you want him in this team? Would you want kind of that traditional, you know, double-double each night in the block kind of center? Or do you want someone who has more of that modern-day, can stretch out the
0: floor? I probably would tend to lean towards adding like a guy like Drummond just because— you already have PJ as like the center that can space it out and stuff. But the thing with that is like, a. I personally just think Drummond is like not very good anymore. Like I, he's a really he is a good rebounder and stuff, but like he would he wouldn't make their interior defense that much better. I don't think he would ha- he would just help with the rebounding. And like then there's no way to trade for him without giving up like Terry Rozier, which is just not even a, a, a plausibility at this moment. So and if he gets bought out. No like he's not coming to Charlotte, he's going to Brooklyn or LA or wherever he needs to go. But I mean, if he wanted to come to Charlotte, I'd be into that. But I, the likelihood of that is like almost 0%, I feel like, but they do need a guy that can do that. Like just kind of beat and bang on the inside and get rebounds and protect the rim. Because if they are going to make, I mean, at this point it seems like a lock that they're going to at least be in in the, in the play in. So if they want to compete in those games, they do need somebody to back up Cody Zeller.
1: They really do. And I, and I hate to burst all of our listeners bubble, but if this comes to the buyout market, the Hornets just won't be a player in that.
0: No, no. And that's like, that's fine. Like it's, it's understandable.
1: They're looking for rings. And at least for right now, Charlotte isn't a place that people look to go get rings. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Watch out for us though in the
0: future. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, three years from now, I would not, I would not rule out the buyout market being a thing for them. Not, not even in the slightest.
1: So we've talked about kind of the general names that the Hornets have been associated with, but I brought you on today, Chase, because you can imagine things in the being. You can, you can close your eyes, focus on what you want for the Charlotte Hornets and bring it to Charlotte. If you had the reins, if you were the czar of basketball for the Charlotte Hornets, who would you bring and what would you be willing to give up?
0: All right. So if I got to send Mitch Kupchak to the golf course, for the rest. Do you
1: need to? Do you need to light? Do you need to light any incense? Do you need I to get need your to. Kyrie Irving branded sage out? Do we need to say a few words? How do I set up? Set this up? I've, I've got like sure a I've got, got a
0: rock next to me and uh, another rock that I used Perfect. to carve into said rock. I'm just doing a lot of uh, <laughs> sketches right now, so the, eventually they'll, it'll it'll turn into a, the, a beautiful picture and it'll all come together and the Hornets will be the best basketball team in the world. Let's oh. if i were to actually take the reins of this team and like be somehow be in control of the what happens at this trade deadline i'm not sure i would do anything like don't like we kind of want to see what we have in this exact like this exact group before we like mess with it in, in any way cuz if pj can be like your backup center you want to you want like a large sample size of him doing that, which is more than sure. half a the season, and be the whole season. If you're going to make a choice between Devontae Graham, Malik Monk, Terry Rozier, you want in the case of Devonte and Terry, two full sample size seasons of that, and then Malik, you get one full season of him playing really well. With you, it, on top of it all, just generally, you get another season or a full season of watching Lamelo, so that just gives you a better idea of the type of players you want to surround him with. So if it were up to me like i don't think i would trade anything other than like a second round like i would give i would give up both of the 2021 20, seconds because they will probably be picks like 55 through 60 because they're via brooklyn and the clippers who will right. almost assuredly be in the five best teams in the nba when the season Deep is over
1: run. Yeah.
0: yeah exactly like and any player you want at 55 or 60 like you can just sign an undrafted free agent like if you're if you're Breaking your neck over like a guy that's getting picked 58th, like you're probably not in a very great place as a team, I would say. So I wouldn't worry too much about those. I would give those away for any center that fits under in within the $4.1 million of open cap space that they currently have because they also have a roster space and like, they have a
1: roster spot open. Exactly. Yep. Yeah.
0: Exactly. They, like JaVale McGee would fit into that. I believe Kem Birch would fit into that. Uh, if uh, Hassan Whiteside would fit into that. Uh, another King center that I like is Rashawn Holmes. He doesn't fit into that, but you could include a either Martin Twin, either rookie center, uh, Nick Richards, or Vernon Carey, or you could get Bismack Biyombo to waive his no-trade clause, and they could trade attached with him with two seconds to Rashawn Holmes to get him to Sacramento. That's probably not enough to get Rashawn Holmes. Perfectly fine. He's really good. I get that. But if that were to arise and be something, the Kings would. Except, I, I would definitely do that. The only problem is he's a free agent this offseason, so you risk yep, trading. You get to resign him exactly. You risk trading a young player that you know, even though it's like you know, the Martin Twins or the rookie centers aren't a main part of your team. That's still a good player, a good depth to have. And then those two picks are you know they're not meaningless. They're pretty close to it, but they're not entirely meaningless. So you'd like to keep them if you're if you know that he's just going to leave, and that would be the scenario that would probably hold me out on doing that if I had the opportunity and that came across my, my GM's desk right here.
1: Since you've been talking about this guy for a month now, um, in our Slack channel, um, talking to me and Jonathan about it and you've made me interested in him. And then the Kings played the Hornets and he had a double double and was a force in that game in a way that I had never seen him play before. So this season he's averaging 14 points, nine rebounds, All the percentages are really high, minus his three-point percentage. The three-point percentage is like 17% or something like that. So he's not a three-point shot maker, but he is a dynamic offensive weapon um, who can get rebounds, which is what we're looking for in that center position. When you say, hey, we could get him for a Martin Twin" or we could get him for a backup center, I mean, even though his contract is expiring, you can't see the Kings upper management doing that if i were them putting myself in their shoes and we said hey here's malik monk also a promising young star who is on an ending contract the contracts match up pretty perfectly it's about 4.7 for Holmes, about 5.3 for monk we could do this we could switch off Here's half a season to see what Malik Monk would look like in your system with Heald with Fox, and then we get a half a season to evaluate Holmes and see whether or not either of these teams want to re-sign these players in the off-season. Would you be willing to give up Malik Monk to get that backup center?
0: I don't think that I would. If if Rashawn Holmes was a restricted free agent instead of unrestricted, I I probably would just because you're going to have to offload one of your guards at some point. But since he could just leave in the uh the off season, I'm used to saying the summer, but it's not the summer. Um if he leaves in the off season, you're screwed. And like you he theoretically could have just kept Monk because that that's another thing that I believe is, you know, the ties into the whole don't do anything yet. I don't think they need to like get rid of one of those three guards like as a necessity this off season. You could just extend Graham and Monk and just trade one of them next year if you need to. Cause you know, it's not a sure. bad thing to have too many good players. You know? Cause if the Hornets guard depth is the strength of their team right now. So if you trade one of those away, you're kind of trading away your biggest strength and like not really alleviating your biggest weakness or like Rashawn Holmes or any player like him would help a lot. But I think that it's like, you're not really adding enough for what you're giving away, I guess would be how I would look at it. No,
1: that for sure. And Kim and, Maybe chemistry isn't real, and I'm just a, a basketball fan who's just crazy. But this team seems to have chemistry. We're on a roll right now. There are holes in in this roster, and uh, Bismack Biambo really, really, really isn't an answer at backup center. And, you know, people said he signed that one-year contract to extend his career. And, you know, he has the no-trade clause because he wants to stay with the Hornets, which is amazing but if he if that's just an ornamental play, then he shouldn't be getting that many minutes. We definitely need a backup center. But you don't mess up this type of chemistry by bringing in a new element, especially a new element that if Rakan Holmes is going to be someone who contributes to this team, he's going to need minutes. He's going to need the ball. And who is sacrificing those minutes? And who's just sacrificing that ball dominance um, for him to get those points? I think you're right. I, I don't think it's time to rock the boat. I think there's a chance we do well, get into the playoffs and do well, even if that just means like a second round berth this year. But I think the best is yet to come. I think that this team isn't done evolving. This team isn't done growing. We haven't seen the best of LaMelo Ball yet. We've seen, the, this is the best Terry Rozier that anybody has ever seen. I, I don't see anything in his game that I think is going to drop off in the next year. Um, so we have this young group who's just learning to play with each other. Why mess that up um, with eight days to go? To, eight days to go before the trade deadline.
0: Exactly. Like I, you, I could not have put it into better words myself. Like we, we got to just let it ride. Like this team is awesome. We everybody enjoys themselves when they turn the TV on and watch the Charlotte Hornets, which is not something we got to say. Stop trying to often. fix
1: things that ain't broke exactly stop, it's stop not trying to it's fix not, not team
0: is 20 and 18 right now they're in fifth place. down on the like right that, side of 500 exactly that's so much better than we thought they would be at this point it's not the time to be like oh we're better than we thought let's get rid of all of the things that made us better than we thought for like somebody that could win us like a game in the playoffs because we all know they're not winning the, a ring this year. And if you're not chasing a ring, what are you chasing? We've been chasing the nothing for a long time. We've got something. Let's hold on to it and just let everything play out. Let Mitch do his thing. He's been doing it so far and it's worked perfectly. We got to let it ride.
1: Chase Whitney has spoken. He is a writer at atthehive.com. I am Zachary Brown. This has been The Stinger.
0: Peace out. See you guys.